Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Peter. <clears throat> We're sitting here with not one, but two dogs. A big one and a little one. Yeah. And I have n- not really any connection between the fact that there are two dogs here and the topic that we're going to talk about today. But the topic that we're going to talk about today is a workhorse, I think, in yoga thought that draws its... Uh, I don't know, origin, I think, in the common parlance of yoga from the Yoga Sutras. And it's this notion of the kleshas. And um, since you wrote a book on the Yoga Sutras, why don't you tell us what you think the kleshas' best translation is there? What um, is a klesha? Yeah, what is a klesha? Um well, first of all, I just want to say I actually really love talking about the kleshas because I think it's kind of like the meat and potatoes of living. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to say that out loud. Sometimes people think it's like the the goopy stuff or like the stuff you don't want to deal with. But I think it's, it's really, really fascinating and it speaks to how we make what's unconscious conscious and how we deal with things various levels so anyway but what is a klesha um sometimes translated as like the obstacles or the um uh sort of what's the, the stuff word? that gets in the way of yeah, reaching the, the, samadhi the stuff that's that that gets in the way the word itself um has to do this the root of the word mm-hmm. rather in Sanskrit has to do with this idea of twisting or turning or kind of like it's it's kind of like at a at a deep down level like if you would turn a screw into something mm-hmm. um, and um, it ref- it kind of shows if you look at it that way it kind of shows that it, the idea is that the mind the complex human mind takes perception our, our our perception of what is and spins it mm-hmm. into like a belief system or a story or a construct a mental construct and the kleshas are like what happens when we buy into that mm-hmm. construct which by the way it's very hard not to do well yeah i mean i think that the um like the first of the kleshas literally is the description of how we end up having a mind at all <laughs> because the first of the kleshas is avidya yes and so avidya is a word that means a negative it's like an opposite ah, of a something so vidya. yeah vidya is like a, a knowledge or wisdom or understanding of something and avidya means um, not understanding yeah so one of the obstacles to seeing things as they really are is 
not understanding the way that things are. It's a, right. like almost a tautology. Yeah. You know, but it's it's like we are so fundamentally confused about the nature of our existence that you know it explicitly says hey before you go any farther in this wonderful like guidebook on how to do yoga it says wait a minute first off remember the way that we usually look at things is not accurate or not seeing things as they really are right another way to just sort of underline that thought is that um you know this comes up in the very very beginning of the pada 2 the second part which is about what what are the actions that we can take in in yoga and so it's sort of like defining the challenge right at the outset the glaciers the glaciers themselves there. define the challenge right right there at the beginning like why would you need to do this and and what it gives you before it even describes what what it's talking about is that um, meditation helps to dissolve the kleshas. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of giving you like the real reason for yoga. But when I teach this and when I think about it, I, I'm always really, really careful to um, remind and keep reminding that they, the kleshas are part and parcel of our existence here which is sort of the first thing that you said right and it's a little bit like you know for me the the, this this buying into the mental constructs is a covering over of sorts right a a limiting the unbound all the things that we talk about why we want to get to meditation the the nature of our living is the limiting of that unbound and inspired and eternal and universal and all of that stuff. But the thing is, you know, while some schools of yoga would call that a problem, you know, in Tantra explicitly, it's considered just an aspect of what is. Of the reality. Our experiencing is... A part of what is and so there's not a need to criticize it or judge it as bad there's but there is the need to know it to know what it is or yeah. else you're constantly in a fight with the way things are exactly and I think it's that that we're we're trying for we're trying to understand the nature of things so that as we encounter the nature of things we we move with them we we feel not only at ease but we start to feel a kind of um, mastery is too big of a word i think but we start to feel more at home at home and and more adept yeah you know it's funny because like i i do think that you know mostly people come to yoga in general and then stay there because you know their experience is not always pleasurable (laughs) which is one of the clashes anyway. But they're, they're looking for, for a deepening of experience. They're looking for a shift in how they move through the world or perceive things. And, um, you know, to me, the first, the first uh, 
acknowledgement really is that you know these the clashes are at, at the root of it responsible for the um, the distress and the suffering that we experience in our living and in fact um, as you move on in Pada 2 it starts to talk about how the clashes actually motivate the the seeds of karma Mm -hmm. and that once a a seed of karma is motivated by a klesha it has no choice but to um, get played out as birth life and experience and so if you look at it sort of from that perspective backwards we're here to experience this we're here to deal with these things and so it's like that's the that's the human condition, and right. get with the program. Now. And I th- and I think that um, that that point is so huge because very often in our mental construct, our avidya way of seeing the world, we think that we are then going to figure out how to find our contentment and our ease and all of that stuff by getting the circumstances to shift in ways that we want. Right. So maybe this is a perfect time to segue into what, what are the clashes. <laughs> so avijas not seeing things the way they are, but then the next clasha. Meaning, these are these, meaning just to read, just to sort of micro to fine tune that not seeing things the way they are, meaning not remembering or being in an awareness of the relationship of our, um, you know, ego self to right. our Great, larger self, right? Wholeness, yeah. yeah. So then the things that trip us up then are the rest of the kleshas, uh, raga and dvesha, being attracted or attached to things, and its flip side, being repelled from other things. So we go through a lot of time and effort to try to push things away and to try to get stuff we want. I mean, you and I were shopping this morning, right? It's like you think you're going to get happiness by finding <laughs> mm-hmm. this thing. I and need the perfect footwear. Y- yes. And and it's one thing when you can stop and go, I don't need this. I don't need this. And it's fun to do. And it's a part of experience. But as soon as it starts to take over me and my happiness and my perspective and all of that other stuff, that's when it becomes this klesha. Right. right? And, the, and the, the key there, the key element there is awareness of the pattern of your specific klesha, of your relationship to that klesha, mm-hmm. right? So there's always going to be a pattern of belief system Individually, because it's so dependent on how you came in and what and your karma what generated. your karma is, and yeah. how it sort of lays itself out through the through the experiences that you've had. So you have to kind of look for that. But also, we skipped one, Go ahead. which is um, asmita, which is mm-hmm. you know kind of a, still a little bit closer to avidya because it's a little more hard to relate to because it says you know the it's the forgetting or the uh, not remembering in the moment that uh, we are not separate mm-hmm. that there's that the that the apparent separation between you me and all of the other beings inhabiting the world are at our core not separate right so when you when you said the relationship between our ego self and 
all that is, I think I said all that is, or the wholeness. It's asmita that makes that happen. It's the I, the sense of I-ness. Yeah, exactly. And so having a sense of I is critical to live in the world and have experience exactly. and pay your bills and have relationships and all of that other stuff. Exactly. But when you're trying to understand that you are also wholeness, it becomes an obstacle. So it's not an obstacle in and of itself. It's an obstacle in letting your mind make a transition from being utterly focused on me, my, yeah. what I think about everything, what I think will make me happy. What I and think to needs to happen, happen. Yes. in this situation. Yes. And then to turn that around requires the opposite of asmita. Right. And usually what that requires in order to even have the wherewithal to want to shift it is a knowledge that that there's more inspiration, intuition, information, wisdom available from the from the larger consciousness than there is from the kind of looping patterns that the mind's con that the mind gets into right. for each of us individually. Right. And I think that's like a really important point to yeah. just kind of really establish at the beginning in terms of what this might mean for a, a yeah. practicing yogi. I, I think that's really super useful because and you talk a fair amount about loops in, in lots of your work, but we are by our nature looping creatures right so like if we try to deal with something i am attached or attracted to x right there's the mm -hmm. raga at, mm -hmm. at work if i don't get it i might for forget it for a minute right or a day or a year or five years but then it loops its way back again and it's like, hey, I'm the thing that makes you happy. I'm the thing that you want. I'm the thing that would make you happy. And then you repeat right. until you start to recognize it's not the things. It's not the stuff that's making me happy. Right? It's yeah. my right. relationship to it all. And that's just one of the stories mm -hmm. because you've, you'll find, like, you know, if you talk to people enough from the perspective of, just listening to their patterns mm -hmm. from a yogic perspective, you you know you find they, there are these skips that happen, and they, they you know the place where we're sort of like not aware of those patterns that have to do with the kleshas. Um, you know we might we're we're not making the changes that would actually like help us live with more greater ease and wherewithal because we're not actually aware of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if you if you listen to people in that way and if you try, you know, the uh, the correlation is you you can try and listen to yourself that way, although it's hard cuz you're usually standing right in your own blind spot, but it's really it's really fascinating to just kind of pause in that place and just make people aware of what their story is yeah you know and that's and that's um you know that's part of the yoga of, of the yoga of the kleshas i think the self-study yeah the self-study part mm -hmm. to notice that you keep doing this or mm -hmm. you're this is the 
this is the story. Yeah, and why it's important is because that's the first impetus for the, you know, it's basically speaking to the fact that when we, you know, to go back to classical yoga practice, when we get into the place in our meditation practice where we can essentially get into the, you know, the effortless flow, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the dhyana state of mind, that that's where the resolution of the kleshas starts to come from. Mm-hmm. Because then in that place, that's where we're less attached to the outcomes and the constructs and the stories. Right. Because we can, we just, it's like the mind goes a little soft and then we can see it. Right, and that's so great because so much of this is about like allowing the the space spaciousness or the space because so often what ends up holding us in those patterns and stories and loops involves my sense of I. Exactly. Who am I? I'm very wedded to I. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you go into meditation and you let go of I, of course that's the it place where flows. you could make some space and go, you know what? It's okay if I don't have that. I don't get that. Exactly. I don't define myself that way and so yeah. forth. And also as soon as you have that I, you know, the, the how they lay themselves down is no, is no uh, mistake. As soon as you have the I, you have the desire. And then after Raga, there's Dvesha, which is the pushing away of the uncomfortable experiences. Mm-hmm. And then there's Abhinivesa, which is... The final the one. Final, which is basically fear, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's it's fear of essentially the loss of the construct of the I. Right, right. Which is fear of death, fear yeah. of... That's how it's often translated, death. Yeah. But it's, yeah. death is really sort of we never go into death within life so really it is the fear that we're going to lose who i think i am yeah right Mm -hmm. right so that by the by the work of your yoga practice you are breaking down the kleshas but the kleshas are sort of built as part of experience to hold you in this experience. Mm -hmm. And they generate the experience until you start to work through your practice and then your practice softens the the grip that these obstacles present. Yeah, and I I think it's really useful to, even though, you know, this is why I think sometimes people, um, like, speaking about the kleshas in this way, not just as something bad to be overcome, but as something to be embraced as a tantrika and, you know, worked through, right, is this idea, which I can sometimes, you know, say jokingly, but you know, none of us are getting out of here alive. Mm-hmm. We, like, this is the nature of things. And the point for me is that we are here to deal with the experiences that we are having. And the 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 nature of the gunas, the nature of how life works is that, you know, sometimes it feels pleasant and sometimes it doesn't feel pleasant. Right. And that isn't really up to us. Right. That's, and that's also, know. it's good to point out, that's not 
the criteria of good or bad. Exactly. Experience, by its nature, has things that feel good and things that feel bad. Yeah. That's what makes it experience. Yeah. And so you're not trying to find, and you will never find, All 100% good. Experience. good. <laughs> yeah. So it's not advisable to try. Either. It's a waste of uh, a lot of happiness. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a waste of a lot of santosha, contentment. Yeah which is another practice of yoga of accepting of working toward accepting the nature of things as they are yeah right? yeah and the, the 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 yamas and niyamas are often overlooked as a way of working with the kleshas but i do think that you know there's a huge connection to be made there um and in fact when i taught the like a three-week series on the yamas and niyamas. Essentially, you, we spent the whole time really kind of tweezing out. We didn't speak about the kleshas in particular, but, you know, sort of like allowing people's patterns to come up and sort of looking at how the the, the practice of, of working with things relationally through the yamas and niyamas really works to... Uh, minimize the kleshas which is all part of yoga practice yeah. right so all of the eight limbs do that minimizing right yep. it's it's that's the that you know you, you you're not doing anything other than that well cool so that's our assignment that's our assignment <laughs> minimize uh, go out this week and minimize the kleshas yes <laughs> Minimize the kleshas, and that'll be your assignment for the rest of your life. Exactly. Yeah. But this week, maybe notice a pattern. Notice them. Notice what's going on, and notice how often that you say, oh, if only this, then I would be good. Yeah. Then my life would be working right. Then I'd be getting what I'm supposed to be getting, or what I deserve, or all or those even all those asmita things, this, I, I am this. When I try and buy a pair of slippers, it takes me two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, on that, with this dog in our lap and a dog at our feet, we will say namaste for now. Namaste for now. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Juan. Today's topic came up from a question from a colleague of mine. If you'd like me to talk about something in particular on Peter's Podcast, you can send an email to peterspodcast108 at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. Namaste. Mm-hmm.